talking about something that really God pressed on my heart about six, probably six weeks ago. And He really just kept pressing on me, not only for this message, but also just for our church. And I believe that how God is kind of steering us and directing us. And if you have your Bibles today, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, supporting Scripture through this. But if there's one verse I'd love for you to kind of hold on to and link on to is Philippians 4. 6. Philippians 4, 6. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open up to there. We'll be there, I promise, uh, here in just a little bit, but also it's going to be on the screens for you as well if you don't have your Bibles. But I want to pray for us and then just jump right on in. Is that okay? Very good. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. Yeah, thank you for what we just sang about, that you are good. And I pray that that is just a reminder to us, God, that even in the midst of our trials, You can take those trials and you can make good out of those. God, I pray that you give us strength. You give us comfort. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Very good. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this movie. Uh, I uh, actually just spoke at FCA. Kind of shared this story a little bit this past week. But uh, if you remember this movie, raise your hand if you remember the movie Karate Kid. Does anybody remember that movie Karate Kid? All right, good. Most people in the room, so I don't have to explain it a lot. You know the concept. They actually remade it again. I think with Will, Will Smith's son. Um, different, but the same concept. You have this kid, this young kid, right? He moves to a, a town and uh, he's getting bullied a little bit. He's, in fact, he's getting beat up and all of these things. And so he wants to learn how to fight. He wants to learn how to defend himself. And uh, he goes to this guy. He finds this older guy who knows karate. His name is Mr. Miyagi, right? And he's like, hey, will you teach me all of these crazy, awesome things that you know, right? And then what does Mr. Miyagi do? He goes, yeah, I need you to paint the fence for me. And he goes, I want you to up. I want you to paint it this way. Up, down, up, down. The same way. Don't you deviate from the plan. Up, down. And then he goes, okay, I painted the whole fence. He's tired. He's sweating. He's getting frustrated a little bit, but he's not saying anything. And then he goes, okay, you finished the fence. Now I want you to wash and wax my car. But I want you to do it this way. Wax on. Wax off. That's right. Wax on. Wax off. He's like, you keep doing this over and over again. And so he's out there in the hot sun and he's just getting mad. He's just getting frustrated. Right. And then finally he snaps. He's like, forget it. And he runs up to Mr. Miyagi and he's like, what? I came here for you to teach me how to fight. I want to learn how to defend myself. And here I am painting your fence and doing your stuff, washing your cars. And he gets so upset. And then Mr. Miyagi goes, okay, I want you to paint the fence, right? And he starts to go up and he starts to throw a punch and he blocks the punch. And then he kicks and he blocks the kick. And then he's like, okay. And then he's like, I want you to wax on, wax off. And he throws a punch from this side and he wax on and he blocks the kick, right? Or blocks the punch. And then he punches again, he blocks it again. And all of a sudden it clicks in Daniel's mind. It's like, oh, maybe you're a little smarter than I thought, right? Like maybe uh, you know what you're talking about here. And you taught me these motions and I had to do them over and over again to where their muscle memory And I was thinking about that movie and thinking about that concept. And a lot of times I feel like I can, I don't know about you, can get in that mindset about prayer, right? Like maybe you come to church week in and week out or you read in the Bible and you hear somebody talk about prayer and you're like, oh, 
Prayer, like I just got prayer again, prayer like this, this the same, like I got to wake up and, and, and say this prayer or wake up or do this thing or wake up and attend church. And it's like, oh, this, this again, right? Like I got, I came to know you. I came to experience you. I came to, when I read the book of Acts and I see how you worked in incredible ways, God, I came for that, right? And it's like this, this, it can feel at some points, if we're honest with each other, it can get mundane, right? It can get to those moments of going, God, are you really doing what the Word says? Are you doing what all these other people maybe at church are talking about? And we wrestle, I feel like, with prayer that kind of way, right? But if we lean in a little bit and we really realize and experience what God wants for you, what God wants for me, we see that there are uh, bigger things that God is doing behind the scenes and the things that feel like they're mundane, the things that feel like could be wrote and every single day and we're wrestling with those. It's like, let me get up and read the word. Let me pray again. And all of a sudden, it's like that moment with Daniel and Mr. Miyaki where God moves in our life. We go, Wow, God, you are real. God, you are working. And it came out of what it feels like is ordinary. It came out of what feels like natural. Because the thing about prayer is it taps into the unnatural. It taps into the supernatural. It taps into the, the unseen of what God is doing and working around us. And it pulls that into what we can see. In fact, prayer is so big. I love this quote. You guys still with me? This quote here by Samuel Chadwick, and he says this, The one concern of the devil, devil is to keep Christians from praying. He hears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. I love that quote, right? Of thinking just the, the power of prayer, because when you and I pray, we are calling on the creator of the universe. And we are calling on the, the God who knows all, the one who spoke galaxies into existence, who spoke our world into existence, who created us. And we're leaning into that. But if we think about prayer, I want to spend the first half of the message just kind of laying the foundation of prayer. Why do we pray? Does God really hear our prayers? And then I'm going to land the plane, kind of second half of how do we use prayer in our everyday life? How do we use that? How is God working in that? And so as we think about prayer, and if it really is that big of a deal, and it can really change our lives, I believe that prayer is a catalyst for life change. It is a catalyst for life change in our lives, in our family's lives, our friends' lives, our work life. That prayer is a linchpin piece to our relationship with God. And if that is the case, and if we pray, Maybe you've asked this question before. Does God really hear my prayers? Because sometimes it can feel like he's silent. It can feel like I didn't get the answer that I want. And what does this look like? And I just want to show you here in Hebrews 4.13. It says this. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and is exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. I love that picture because God knows everything. He sees everything. There's nothing hidden from him. And so he knows our thoughts. He knows what's going on in our heart. And so the, the, the thing that God can't hear our prayers or he doesn't hear our thoughts or he doesn't know what's going on. God wants you and I to know that he can see all. He knows all, right? And then we see this in the Old Testament where the Israelites are held in captivity, held in slavery, and they're crying out to 
God, and this is what God says. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people uh, out of Israel. I love that because God's people are crying out. They're praying to God. And God shows us even in the Old Testament. I have heard your prayers. And in fact, I have, I'm raising up this leader to come set you free. Right? God is using people. And, and Moses became an answer to a prayer. So God hears our prayers. And then we get to the New Testament in 1 John chapter 5. And this is what it says. And we are confident. I love that. We are confident. That he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And we see that God calls us to lean in. And you and I can be confident when we come boldly to the throne room. When we make our request to God. That we are confident that he hears our prayers. And and we're going to break this down a little bit. Anything that pleases him. And he's talking about his will. He's talking about the, the plan that he has for my life. And the plan that he has for the earth plan that he has for our world and because there's going to be times and seasons in our life when it feels like God is silent and you're going God are you, can you even hear my prayers right or maybe somebody at school or a coworker, or you read something on social media and it mocks prayer right God can't hear your prayers you're just praying you do all of these things but I want you and I to walk out of this place confident what this verse says I am confident That God hears our prayers and that he answers our prayers. But if we if we look at the scriptures, if we're in a conversation with someone, how do we know that they hear us? It's by their response, right? They they lean in and and all my guys in the house, right? Like active listening. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Like we're practicing those. And so we see that and, and we're leaning because of the response that they give us. And so if we think about prayer, what is the response? What is the answer to prayer that God gives us. And uh, the question that you and I have to wrestle with is, how does God answer my prayers? How does God answer our prayers? And we even ask a broader question, does God answer my prayers? And I'm here to tell you a short answer, and then we can all pray and go, I'm just kidding. Uh, The short answer is yes, God answers our prayers. Every time you and I pray, He is answering our prayers. It just may be a different answer than maybe what we're thinking or what we're looking for. And I believe you could say that God answers our prayers in three ways. You could also category. I'm going to kind of really category in four ways that we see in Scripture. But the first one is this is the one we all lean in and we high five. We're excited about the answer is yes. Right. Like when God says Yes, this is when the seas part. This is when we're like, God is moving in my life. I prayed for that job and it's like the doorway just swung open and I felt like it was easy and I'm walking across on dry land, right? I prayed for this person and boom, all of a sudden it was like, wow, God is really moving and working. We see, uh, we just read John chapter 5 verse 14, but then in 15, uh, he says this, and since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. And then in Matthew chapter seven, he says this, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a steak? Of course not. So you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts 
to those who ask him. Amen, right? Like there are moments where God, he cares for us. And he says, make your request known to me, right? And there's going to be times and seasons where God says yes. And um, if we just sat right there, I could preach a whole sermon on that and we would all be fired up and we'd all walk out of this place uh, ready to go, right? But all of us who have lived long enough realize We always don't get an yes like this, right? And in fact, if we were just to read 1 John uh, chapter 5, verse 15, and not know any other context of the Bible, we were just to take that verse and carry it on our shoulder and walk around this earth. And we would say, and since we know and he hears us, we also know that he will give us whatever we ask for. I can ask God for whatever I want, and he's going to give me whatever I want, right? If we were just to hold on to that verse. But we know that we got to read the whole Bible. We got to read scripture in all of context and life experience, I believe has showed us otherwise, right? Otherwise, right? And we see different responses from God. But do you and I know there are times where God is going to say yes and God will move in a supernatural way. And when God says yes, nothing else can shut the door. When God says yes, nothing else can go against them. He is mightier. He is stronger than anything in this world and the world that we can't see. And when we read his promises in Scripture, that's why a lot of times we talk about uh, praying the promises of God, because those are promises that he's already set aside in his will going this can happen this will happen in your life leaning into that that's why that becomes so powerful but also yes and guess what there's a no right there's also going to be a no from time to time and so for you and I the yeses are great we're excited we're leaned in but also there are times in scripture that we see where God says no and that one is not fun right that's one like oh really But all my parents in the house, maybe you've had a best friend or maybe you've had somebody close to you. Sometimes the most loving thing that you and I can say to someone is what? No. Right. Sometimes the most loving thing I can tell my kid is no, you can't have cake for breakfast every single day. Right. Like sometimes the most loving thing that you and I can say to them is no. And it's the same with God, but it's not those uh, warm and fuzzies. Right. But God loves us. He is rich in mercy and rich in grace. And sometimes he tells us no. Because he knows all. And uh, my wife's side of the family, they love to put puzzles together. And uh, on vacation, just kind of put the puzzle out and just spend all week figuring that puzzle out. And uh, the thing about puzzles is, is you have to do almost one piece at a time, right? And then for me, like I I need the cheat sheet. I need the big picture because I'm trying to find where the puzzle pieces go. And I'm searching through all of that. But you and I are, we can only see one puzzle piece, right? We can only see our piece of the puzzle but God sees the entire puzzle piece not only the entire puzzle piece for what's going on right now but for all of history past present and future right he knows all of these pieces and he's coordinating all of those things and so when God says no we lean in and trust what God has for us and we see this in scripture that that in Isaiah 55 God reminds us my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, said the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, right? That God is well above, but that is good news for you and I. Because I don't want to serve a God who's intellectually on my level, 
right? Like, I want to serve a God that is so much bigger, who knows all, who is in every scenario, in every situation, and His thoughts are way higher than mine. And so there's moments in prayer, especially in the no, where you go, God, I may not even understand why you said no, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to act and keep living in faith, even though you said no. We see this in Scripture in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul, I'm talking about the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, who, um, who we've seen God do amazing miracles through him. People were touching just the hem of his robe and were getting healed. And he would preach all night. Some guy, this, this is a crazy story, but this is not my notes, but preached all night, guy sitting in the window. He falls asleep, falls to the ground and dies. Right? Like, I mean, that's good preaching right there. And falls down. And Paul walks over, prays over him. He comes back to life. And Paul continues on preaching. Right? Like, that's a crazy church service. And this happened in Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul. And he's praying to God because we read in Scripture, there's something that he describes as a thorn in his side. Some people believe it was that he was uh, almost physically blind, that he couldn't really see, had to be led around everywhere. Some people believe that um, he had really strong anxiety, almost PTSD. I mean, he was whipped and beaten and left for shipwreck multiple times in his life. And some people believe he carried that with him, whatever it may be. We don't know exactly, but we do know that the Apostle Paul, it weighed so heavy on him that he would plead to God, God, take this from me. God, take this from me. Help me with this. And we read this in 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 12. It says three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Whatever it was in that situation, as hard as it was for the Apostle Paul, he said, God, I may not fully understand. In fact, I even brought the request to you. But right now you said no. And so I'm going to trust that your power is going to be made full in this weakness that I'm trying to give you. Whatever this cross that I'm carrying, you're going to use it somehow uh, to connect people to Christ. You're going to use it somehow. We even see this in the Old Testament, right? Where Moses is not allowed. God tells him, no, you can't go to the promised land, right? He tells them you have to stop. You led the people all the way this way. And because of some things that you did in your past and in your life, I'm going to hold you up right here. And, and Joshua is going to take them into the promised land. He's going to experience that. And Moses had to step back and trust God, right? In that scenario and in that situation that God is continuing to work inside of his life. And so we have yes, and then we have no, right? But then also a piece of no could be just not right now, right? Like God can tell us, wait. And I don't know about you, but I'd almost rather have a no. You know, like, like just the wait sometimes is the hard, right? The wait is not right now, but maybe just wait, right? And here's the thing. My thoughts are not your thoughts, right? I, I'm so much bigger. It may not even happen in our generation, right? But the things that you're praying for, the things that I'm praying for, last for multiple generations you may have a grandkid a great grandkid that God fulfills a prayer that you're praying for right now right because God is good and he's a generational God and it's not just about right now so you and I know I'm, I carry my request and I bring it to the feet of Jesus and then I allow him to carry the weight of the answer in which should happen inside of our lives inside of our world inside of our nation because we just can't see it all but God can see it all and sometimes a weight 
wait. There's different things that God wants to do in your life and my life. First, uh, second Peter three, eight says this, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. In a thousand years, it's like a day, right? God's thoughts are so much bigger. And then we read in Psalms 27, 14, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I can remember seasons and times in my life where I'm praying for God to open up certain doorways of opportunity. I remember when I first uh, started getting into ministry and I wanted God to use me and, and get into ministry. And there was these seasons of multiple years of waiting. But now when I look back, I can see how God was developing me. God was changing me. God was doing some work inside of my heart, inside of my life. And you may be sitting at a job or a season of life where you just feel like the wheels are turning and God, what are you doing in this season? But in those seasons of waiting, it's not just I'm sitting down, kind of passively sitting back. The God has called us. We can do things actively while we wait. We can continue to pray. We can continue to make disciples. We can continue to love our neighbor, to invest in our kids, all of these different pieces, right? And it comes with those waiting moments and those seasons. But I don't know about you because um, we live in a microwave world, right? where we can get things like pre-made and we throw them in the microwave and we hit the button and all of a sudden I got this hot, fresh meal. But one of my favorite meals is some crockpot chicken. Amen, right? Like you put a, some chicken in that crock pot, you hit slow, eight hours, come back or wake up in the morning and that thing's just falling apart of heavenly goodness, right? Like just so good, but it doesn't happen quick. It has to be slow. It has to marinate, it has to cook on low, and sometimes the weight is God is doing something in our lives and in our hearts that can't happen overnight. And God is going to want you to trust me in the seasons of waiting. And in the season of waiting is not punishment. It's not a, a season of you kind of sit in this purgatory-like section, but God is going, I'm going to use you even in the waiting. You can cling to my promises even in the waiting. And then here, part of that wait, part of that no, is that sometimes God, there's some things in our life that God wants to address before he's going to say yes, right? And so uh, as you think about this in our lives, because there could be this sin that is holding us back inside of our lives. This could be, I don't have a relationship with God and I'm praying to God going, God, I want this job. I want this. I want you to do this inside of my family. And God's going, the first thing I want you to do is come to know me. The first thing I need you to do is surrender your life to me because if I do give you the job and I do do this in your family, like it's just going to go back to the way it was until you surrender your life to me. And so it can feel like a no answer. It can feel like God's not doing anything, but God is going, I want you to address this big piece inside of your heart, this big piece inside of your mind. Or maybe we are a Christian, but there is this sin that has held us captive where we think about it and it drives our decisions. It drives what we do, right? And we're just holding on to the sin and we can't let it go. And God's going, we need to address this first because it's going to eat you alive from the inside out. And if you don't address this first, then I'm not going to be able to do all of these other things that you're asking me or that I even want to do in your life, right? Uh, if you're drinking a Gatorade, they just started doing something on Gatorades where on the inside of that Gatorade, they put this little cap. 
in the Gatorade and it's a twist top. And if you don't take that cap off and you're super thirsty and you go to try to drink that Gatorade, all of a sudden that cap is blocking everything, right? Until I open up the cap and I've used my mouth. And I, anyway, and, I, and you open up that cap. And as soon as I open up that cap, everything that is in there is released in our lives. And for you and I, it's the sin that is holding some of those things back. And you and I have to take a moment to go, you know what, God? This has controlled my life too long. And I need to surrender this to you, God. Because God word, God's word tells us that he gives us the power over sin and power over the temptation of sin. God's going, if you will surrender that to me, and I always like to give you scripture because you're like, oh, Daniel's saying this, but the power's in the scripture. Isaiah 59 says this, it is your sins that have cut you off from God because your sins have turned away and will not listen anymore. John chapter 9 of the New Testament says, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. He's talking about here the sinners for you and I, that sin is leading my life. The sin that's in my life is my Lord. Because it's guiding me in everything that I do. And you and I, when we give our lives to Jesus, right? I give my sin. I give my unrighteousness. I receive Christ's righteousness, right? And God no longer sees me as walking in sin, but he sees the righteousness of Christ through Jesus and through what Jesus did on the cross. And now when I come boldly to the throne room of Christ, that's why we pray in what? In Jesus name, right? You all don't go home and go in Daniel's name. God, allow this to happen, right? No, because there's no power in that. There's power in the name of Jesus. He is the one that gives us access. He is the high priest that has torn the veil that we can go boldly into the throne room of God and make our request known to our father. Romans 8 calls him daddy, right? Like dad, that's a, a moment of endearment where we get to step into that and going, God, I need you in this moment. But it becomes through when I surrender my life to Christ. Because we make our request known to him, but he's saying, I want to do a mighty work in you. And so as we think about those two things, all of these different pieces of prayer, right? And does God really hear my prayers? We know that he hears our prayers and he gives us different answers and we have to trust him with that. But the thing about prayer is prayer, um, we, as we read in scripture and we even watch the life of Jesus, God works through prayer in an incredible way. But prayer is more about a relationship with God than a response from God. Prayer is more about a relationship with God than a response from God. And sometimes uh, we want like the formula, right? I want five key steps to success. I want seven great steps to a great prayer life, which we can do that. We can put them into steps. Uh, but you and I, prayer is not about figuring out a formula, but it's about a relationship. Because God, this is the crazy, everything that we just talked about of how big he is, how mighty he is. He loves you so much. That he wants to hear from you. I mean, he already knows all things, right? I mean, he could just keep going on with life and continuing to make other humans. But he goes, no, I looked at the world today and thought, oh, they need a Jillian. They need a Rachel. They need a Jacob in this generation, in this world right now. And I love them so much. I'm going to send my son Jesus down the cross so that they can be set free. And then when they pray to me, I want to listen. I don't only want to listen, but I want to respond. I want to answer their prayers. I want to guide them in their lives. I want to hear from my daughter. I want to hear from my son, right? I want to spend time with them. And you and I show that when we stop and we slow down and we go, God, I'm praying 
to you because it's more about a relationship. And, and we see this and uh, we live in the low country here and um, I've kind of fell in love with boats. I don't have enough money for a boat. So if you have a boat, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if we, we fell in love with boating because there's, there's two different kinds of boats we come to realize. I didn't know this more than five years. I mean, I knew that anyway. But um, there's one particular boat that's speed boating, right? You got a motor. It's almost like a formula, right? Like I, I have a boat, make it aerodynamic. You climb in the boat, you get a big motor, you put gas in the motor, get somebody that knows how to drive, you push the throttle down, and what does the boat do? It flies through the water. It gets you from point A to point B. If you get a bigger motor, you can go from point A to point B pretty fast, right? If you know what you're doing. And you have that. But you and I, sometimes we treat prayer and even life like that. And even in the American culture, I would say even more. Let's build a bigger motor. Let's just willpower this thing through, right? Let's make this happen, right? But prayer's more like sailing, where we, we get out into the water, and all of a sudden the wind begins to blow, and we, we work. There's work involved, right? I'm pulling up the sails, and I'm uh, adjusting it to a certain way. I'm not just adjusting it any kind of way. I'm adjusting it for the wind, right? The wind is the one that gives us power. The wind is the one that guides, directs, decides how fast or how slow, right? But the sail, there's a little bit we can change in there. There's a little bit we can work in there, but it's fully dependent on the wind. Here's the thing about sailing and speedboating. At some point, you got to fill up with gas, right? you got to stop. you got to slow down because our willpower will only last so long, right? I don't know about you, but if you tried to carry your life and your family's life on your shoulders, it's exhausting, right? But God goes, I, I want you to trust me. I want you to be more like a sailboat. I want you to watch for my wind, right? I want you to watch. And if you're in a sailboat, you can go as long as the wind will take you, right? You can go forever, right? I don't need to get on gas. I don't need to stop and get gas because I'm running off the, the power of the wind. And God is saying, when you pray, prayer is like the wind that gives us strength, the wind that gives us comfort, the wind that gives us peace. It's the Holy Spirit that moves and works inside of our lives. But a lot of times I try to pull the will of God, right? I'm trying to pull the will of God. I'm trying to speedboat the will of God and make it happen. And God is going, no, it's more like watching the wind. And when I pray to God in relationship to him, now I'm seeing, like it says in first John, oh, this pleases him. Oh, this is his will. OK, let me adjust the sails. Let me get closer into his will. Let me pray into his will. Let me adjust my life into his will. And all of a sudden we see God breathing life into us because he created you. He created me. And when we get closer to his will, in fact, we're moving closer to how he designed us to live. Right. He's getting us closer to that. And if we trust him. And walk in his ways. It's like he's breathing the life into us. And so as we use prayer, I kind of want to get practical a little bit here today. Uh, as we see this, that, that prayer is when we, when we lean into it, God can use it in an incredible way. And so uh, sometimes, I don't know if you've felt this before, but maybe you begin to pray for your neighbor or pray for a family member or pray for somebody who is around you or who is hurting, right? Prayer, I'm telling you, if you want to be a great uh, person who tells and shares people about Jesus, a great first step, a great medium step and to use this in your repertoire is prayer. Prayer is such an incredible, uh, non-threatening way to share Jesus. And you and I can walk up to anybody that we know and go, hey, there's this question to keep in your pocket. How can I 
pray for you? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And it gets you this very first step, right? Of going, how can I pray? What's going on in your life? And uh, we, we have done this a lot and we use it a lot uh, because it's an opportunity and you will be surprised at what people will tell you. You will be surprised at how much people will share. Are there going to be moments and maybe seasons where somebody says, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. And that's usually the extent, right, of the persecution when you ask somebody that question, right? No, I'm good. Sorry, I'm going on, right? But that, it gives us an opportunity. How can I pray for you? And all of a sudden, they're telling you what's going on in their life. And then when you and I go home and we pray over that thing and we begin, we, we cast that out to God and then we follow up with them a couple of days later. Hey, how's this going? Think about somebody you work with. And here's another thing and about our families. Imagine this, where you walk into your kid's room or you talk to your husband and you go, hey, how can I pray for you? And they begin to tell you what's going on with their life, what they're worried about, their anxieties, their fears or Maybe they don't really share a lot. And they're like, uh, I don't know, work. You know, whatever it may. And we take that. And, we, and then, if we want to take it a step further, we begin to pray over them right now. And I want you to think about this. Praying thankfulness is a powerful thing. And when you and I pray thankfulness to God, God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. But, but get this, we can pray thankfulness for the person that we're praying for. If I'm praying for Jacob and all of a sudden I'm praying, it can go something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for Jacob. Thank you for his life. Thank you for bringing him into my life, God. Can you imagine your kid hearing that going, I can't thank you that you hear your spouse going, thank you for bringing them into my life. Thank you for the relationship that we have, God. Because God begins to change our heart and it does something inside of that person too. And it becomes this evangelism, this, this supernatural connection that we have with the other people around us and we're inviting people into prayer but how can i pray for you and then in philippians 4 6 and i got one more thing and then we're going to close everybody doing okay very good philippians 4 6 it says don't worry about anything instead pray about what everything you like how much is everything right you know what everything is in the greek everything right like everything don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done right he's given us this opportunity to connect with God and going nothing God already knows everything but nothing is out of the way of God right nothing is out of his reach he already knows all but he wants the relationship of you and I bringing everything to him tell him what we need seeking after him and then we can thank him for all that he has done and I'd love to encourage you with this and I'm calling it pray 360 degrees because sometimes we have a situation or a person that we're praying for and then there's one like point of entry that we begin to pray for that person over right because it, maybe we want God to provide in that situation for them right like God can you provide healing for this person God can you provide uh, comfort for this person can you provide uh, money for this person and we're praying that kind of that one viewpoint but I want to challenge us there's a way that you and I can step back and kind of pray all the way around this person and it, it begins to open up the doorway of our prayer life and not only God will you provide right but then I kind of move around the situation a little bit God thank you for their life thank you for how that you're moving and working how you've connected us thank you for allowing me to pray for you and then we kind of move around the situation again God can you soften their heart to do a mighty work even in this trial God and then we move around it again. God, can you give me wisdom to know what to say? 
to, to, to know how to, to, to approach this situation, when I just need to sit next to them and not say anything, and when I need to say something, God, can you guide me? Can you direct me, right? And then we just continue to move around this situation, and not just that one point of going, God, I need you to help them to renew their mind in this, help them with the attitude through this, whatever it may be. All of a sudden, I'm praying for all of these different scenarios. And I'm kind of praying around the whole situation, praying around the whole um, instance. And then not only that, it's like, God, I know we're in the middle of this. And I'm believing that you're going to use this for your glory. I'm going to, I believe that you're going to use this for your goodness. And I'm, I believe that you're going to do a mighty work in this, right? And we see this. And then I want to read this last verse because I, I just want us to see the power of prayer and the power of what God can do. And there's this story. In Acts chapter 4, where the uh, early church, this is, I'm talking to early church, Jesus has just gone back to heaven. And so these guys are, they're trying to figure it out on their own, right? They're, this is the first time they're leading with the Holy Spirit and they're crying out to God and they're sharing the gospel. They're praying for people outside of church and uh, then they get, uh, uh, they get arrested and they get whipped and they get beaten, right? And then they come back to the local church where the local church is praying. They're praying behind closed doors. What I love about the Acts is we see that there's some guys that some guys and ladies that are out there preaching and telling about Jesus. And then there's this group like in the room praying, right? They're just they're praying and and calling on the name of God that they will work through them, work through the people who are out there. Right. And they're praying and calling on God uh, each and every day. And then the apostles go back. Right. And they begin to pray. And the prayer that they pray is, is pretty astounding. It's pretty eye-opening, right? Because they just got persecuted. They just got arrested. And some of them got whipped for sharing the gospel and talking about Jesus. And when they go back, this is what they pray for. It's pretty phenomenal if you get a chance to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read a few verses. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness. And preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Look at this. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They called on the name of God and they said, God, their threats are very real, but we need you to work in a supernatural way inside of our lives, God. We need you to continue to do miraculous signs and wonders, right? We need you to do a mighty work in and through my life, right? And, they, and God took what was a threat and, it, and he used it because they began to pray around the whole situation and God gave them more faith, more boldness to continue to share the gospel and they saw God at work in the world around them. I believe in 2023, right here in the low country, we can pray the same way that the early church began to pray. You and I lean in and say, God, we're trusting you with the answer, but would you move and do what only you can do? And that is change lives, change hearts, and prayer becomes this catalyst for life change in your life and in my life. And so I'd like to give us a a couple of uh, things and the worship team is going to come up and they're going to sing this last song. And But I kind of want to give us three takeaways here. And the first one is, is as I talked about, one of the responses from God is that we're, we're making our request to God, but yet there's something in our life that's holding us back, this sin, or maybe we don't have a relationship with Him. 
And I would love for you today to walk out of this place going, you know what? I've surrendered that to God. I've asked Him to forgive me of that. And now when I repent, I'm turning away from it and I'm heading away from that. Or I'm giving my life to Jesus for the very first time in my life. I'm surrendering my life to Him. And now I'm going to pray a new prayer because now I have a new relationship with Christ. And so if that's you here today, I just want to ask you to pray with me. Let's pray together as a church if you'd bow your heads. And uh, there's this prayer we can pray together and really there's no uh, there's no intentionality here but it's yet it's the power of God that is working through this prayer and you could repeat this prayer after me dear heavenly father God I know that I have this sin in my life I know that I'm disconnected from you God and I give that to you I ask that you would save me Jesus I ask that you would change my life and that you would do a mighty work in me God so if you guys would look back up at me here today, if you prayed that prayer today, maybe you've given your life for the very first time, there's a connect card right there in your seat. I'd love for you to fill that connect card out and just put, I, I gave my life to Christ. I prayed to receive Christ here today. You can, you can drop it in the uh, offering bin right there. You can stop at the connect center. You can drop it off there. I would love to talk with you because you weren't meant to, to, walk, this earth, to walk this earth alone or, or go on to this relationship on your own. We want to celebrate with you. We want to walk with you in this and through this. Because this new relationship that you have in Christ, this new surrendering that you have in Christ. Now, here's two things I want to do here. And Jacob's playing so softly, it's so nice. Um, is the first one is, is one of the things that God really placed on my heart is, is to revitalize and to strengthen a team and a group of people who say, you know what? I want to continue to step behind the veil. And I want to take on the extra responsibility during the week and on Sundays to lean into this prayer, to really help lay the foundation to be a house of prayer. And so if that's something that may interest you, you're saying, you know what, I want to do that. Maybe uh, you've done that before and you're just continuing. You find yourself praying for other people over and over again. And this is going to be something where uh, we send out prayer requests regularly. And we know that these are these are prayer warriors who are going, you know what, I'm going to step in on Monday. I'm stepping in on Tuesday. And when people make requests known, we have a team now that prays over them. We just want to strengthen and expand that team, that prayer team. We're also going to make them more available on Sunday mornings because maybe you want prayer right here on Sunday mornings I just need prayer today I need comfort in this I need God to move in this situation we're going to make the prayer team available every Sunday for you to receive prayer from them not just for me and a couple of our key leaders but we want to have a whole team so if that interests you there's a connect card in your seat just put your information on there put prayer team I'm ready to go let's change the world let's see God I mean, whatever you want to put on there but just, just put prayer team first as you write those on there but Lastly, as we close, underneath every seat, there's a little white piece of paper. And I believe everybody should have a pen. If not, I think your neighbor probably has a pen. But I'd love to challenge everybody here today to say, what's, what's that thing in your life that just won't let go? What's the thing in your life that you just really feel heavy? Maybe it's causing worry, anxiety. Like it's just, it's just, it's heavy on your heart. Or maybe there's uh, someone that you want to pray for in your life or somebody that you know, whatever that may be. 
But I would challenge you and encourage you just to write. Maybe it's the person's name. You don't have to show anybody else. You can even fold it up. I want you to write whatever that thing is. It could be, uh, it could be work. It could be uh, my marriage. It could be this relationship. It could be my neighbor who I've been praying over and talking to. It could be, hey, I know this person and they need healing. They need the supernatural work of God in their life. And you put their name down. And we're going to begin to call on the name of God. And I want to ask you to take another step further. You guys ready for this? Is you write that down. And during this response song, if you would like somebody to pray over it, this prayer team that we're talking about, this is going to be one of their first assignments right here. I want you to come up. You can fold it up. I want you to lay it just at the front of the stage right here. Just lay it down. And one, I want that to be a, a symbol of you going, God, this is weighing me down, and I'm giving it to you. Maybe you can even say those prayers. Say that prayer to God as you're doing that. God, I'm giving this. I'm laying it at your feet, Jesus. I need you to do a mighty work in this. And you lay it down here. And then we're going to take that, and we're going to have our prayer team, which is private. You don't even have to put names on there. And we are going to pray over these things, okay? We're going to lean in. We're going to ask for the supernatural work of God to begin to work in these things. So during this response song, just as you will, I'd love for you to write those down. You can bring them up. And we're going to pray and ask God to move and work because we still believe in the power of prayer. Maybe it's a neighbor who you've been praying and hoping that they would come to church or come to know Christ. You put their name down. Maybe there's multiple things you want to write on there, but I would challenge you at least to put one. It could be, hey, I'm wrestling with school. I'm wrestling with this decision. I'm wrestling with whatever it may be, but let's call on the name of Jesus together here today. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal what is uh, weighing us down, God. Maybe there's a person that we're praying for. And we've been praying for this thing personally. But God, right now I want to move it into this collective nature of the body of Christ coming together to pray over this. God, I pray that you would take our prayers and that you would answer them clearly. You would give us wisdom. You'd give us steps, God. That we would pray in faith knowing that you know all, that you understand all, and that you are all powerful, God. God, we know that you can still do miraculous signs and wonders here today, God. And I pray that we will lean into that, lean into what you're doing inside of our church. God, I pray that you would help us to be a house of prayer dedicated to your word, dedicated to your truth, God. May we stand on your word. Give us strength, God. I pray for healing. I pray for rest. I pray for restoration, reconciliation, whatever that may be. We love you, God. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.